Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Flash Podcast. This is your podcast for the upcoming CW show, The Flash, starring Grant Gunn as Barry Allen slash The Flash, and it's going to premiere on Tuesday, October 7th, 8, 7 Central, on The CW, and it's only a few weeks away now, so get excited. And, uh, you know, we're still doing our Season Zero with combo coverage of several Flash characters from The Flash Mythology. We're going to cover... Uh, other things from Flash in the media and so on. Some of the things from Season 0 that we had planned will be saved for hiatus episodes in ep- in Season 1 uh, of the Flash podcast. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Andy Bebas, as always. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. I hope you're going to have a blast because, you know, we work to do the show as best. We, you know, we, our, our number one goal is to get as many new listeners as possible and, and, and welcome them into the world of The Flash because it's an amazing world. The DC Universe is so rich, so have at it. And with me is uh, another is a great um, you know veteran po- guest host of the podcast. He was here for the episode Reverse Flash and he was also here recently for Mirror Master, which was actually released this week. It was actually released yesterday because today is uh, September... September 10th, and we released the episode on Tuesday, September 9th. So, uh, you know, you just heard him this week, and he is—he's a writer for Unleashed the Fanboy, and he is Justin Moon. Justin, how you doing today? I'm pretty good, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing well. It feels like it was like just last Friday that we last Wednesday that we were recording our Mirror Master <laughs> episode. So, it feels like an attorney ago, but um, but yeah, you're here. You're here for uh, another character spotlight, and we were kind of hinting at the end of last episode that he was going to be back to do this episode because we're starting to wrap up the character spotlights from the Flash Mythos. Uh, but before we get to that, we're gonna re- we're gonna review um, the first issue of the Flash season zero, which is which is you know it's a TV comic book. It's part it's part it's tied in with the TV show. It's going to be set between the pilot and episode two of the Flash, and uh, it's now available on Comixology and ReadDCEntertainment.com. So you can you, you you can buy them for just a buck, just a buck digitally, and read it on your iPad, or your iPhone, or your Amazon Kindle. Or wait, do you do they say do they say Amazon Kindle or just Kindle? I don't know. I think it, I think it. Well, I think it's Amazon Kindle. Cause I think they. I don't think the word Kindle is an exclusive uh, word by Amazon yet. So okay. Well, Amazon Kindle, whatever you want to call it, you, Pie, Pie Kindle, whatever. And <laughs> um, and, and uh, we're gonna review the first issue. If you haven't read it, be aware there are gonna be some spoilers from the issue, and we're gonna talk about it for at least five or ten minutes. So if you want to skip ahead to the main discussion of this episode. Do it now. Okay, so issue one of uh, the Flash season zero, which was uh, written by, which was written by, uh, you know, one of the executive producers and showrunners of Arrow and the Flash, Andrew Kreisberg, and the script was by Brooke Eichmazer uh, and Catherine Balzac. I can't. I'm not good with names. We have art by Phil Hester and Eric Gapster. And coloring by Kelsey Shannon, and we have editors, editors um, uh, Alex and Anton, uh, who is who is a good buddy of our on the on the Twitter feed. If you're listening, Alex, how you doing? And uh, so this is the first issue that's going to be part of. 
who which is going to be part of the season zero of the Flash. I like that you know the Flash podcast is season zero. They have a season zero. It's kind of it's kind of fun. And this is released every other Monday. So you know next Monday it's going to be Arrow. The next Monday is going to be the Flash, and so on and so on. So let's talk about issue one, uh, Freak Show. Um, and let's talk about the story overall, Justin. What did you think about the story arc for um, this particular issue? Well, I thought it was a great issue. Uh, first of all, like you said, it was being written by Andrew Kreisberg, who personally, I'm thinking, okay, uh, between him and Jeff Johns, I can't tell who's going to be the, I guess, I guess the Josh Whedon of the DC universe right, right now. They're kind of they're kind of neck and neck. You know, when it comes to, I guess, like bringing DC characters, you know, to the to a much bigger audience. So, you know, that's definitely a plus. Plus, you have Phil Hester as an artist who who like his art style is definitely it had it kind of kind of balances between both being, I guess, very a little cartoonish while also having that kind of classic comic book style to it, which I really like. And I loved his run on Green Arrow, by the way. Uh, and the story itself. The story itself is a great, it does a great job of, uh, I want to say, summarizing everything that's, that may be brand new fans of The Flash and the, the Flash TV show. Like, if you've never even seen any of the trailers or any of the promos, just pick up this comic. It'll explain everything that kind of happened, you know, in the, I guess, in the first episode. And, you know, it kind of really builds up, the, I guess, the basic, the basic origin story of The Flash. And then they sort of just skips ahead to where, okay, Flash is like his first real major outing at, you know, going up against another type of, uh, I guess you want to call it a supervillain. Because in the first episode, he goes up against the Weather Wizard, which we all know. Yeah. But, but this is a whole whole different type, a whole different type of, yeah. uh, of supervillain that he goes up against. Yeah, and and like we said, this is, this is said you know between the pilot and episode two, and you know the arc is basically I think it's like a week or two after uh, what happens to him in the pilot, or maybe it's like you know some of his f first days on the job, and you know we get some you know something I'm gonna I'm not gonna go too much deep into I'm not gonna go go that deep into is uh, you know we do see some panels from the actual pilot you know that you've seen in the trailer. Something you haven't seen in the trailer because that's part of the pilot, which what we won't spoil here on the podcast until season one, and um, and uh, you know I'm just saying. Uh, but what I really loved about this is that you can really hear Grant Gustin's voice uh, in some of these dialogues and some of these um, mind bubbles, uh, as they call it in the comic books and so on. And um, you know the art is just amazing, and I like and it looks a lot like Grant Gustin and some of these TV actors um, that are portraying them. And um, and I like I like you know like we we don't know much about the story so far. What we know is that the villains of supposedly you know you know this this season you know for the Flash is um, in the comic book is that he's going to be going up against a character named Mister Bliss, uh, who's a Starman villain uh, from what I understand. Uh, if I'm if I'm wrong. Please correct me. I have nothing against that. Um, I just don't know who he is. Uh, we get, we we meet this. Um, well, we meet this. You know, it's a it's kind of a circus basically, and yeah. um, we meet this big muscular guy uh, that you see usually at circus. You know, the, you know the the ones with you know big bodies. You know the famous mustache, 
big bald head, and he's in a tank top, and he's super strong and so on. And do we know if it's the result of the particle accelerator incident? I don't know. The book doesn't really explain it. It just it just shows him that he's just this really strong guy. And he looks like a stereotypical circuit strong man. He's got the handlebar mustache and you know, he, he even he even wields a giant barbell, which is really which is a weird choice of weapons for somebody. You'd think he'd have like a hammer or something, but no, he has the whole strong guy like theme going on. So he's will he's just slinging this thing like it's notes like it's so easy for him. But they never really explain if he's a metahuman. In the comic, they just sort of explain, they just like the police report says he just has enhanced strength. And according to the Flash, he's a little faster too, even though he's still not fast enough to hit the Flash. So they don't really break down if he's a metahuman or not. They, they might do it in the next issue. Yeah, and they don't even they don't even call him by name. Uh, I like I I went through the whole issue. Maybe I missed it, but as far I as I know, sorry, I didn't see it either. Okay, so well, I guess you know that's part of the mystery then, and. Um, no, but I liked it. I think this was like a soft opening, and like, I, you know, what I really like, love about this is the art. You know, getting to see Grant Gustin's Flash costume in comic format. Uh, and I know you have said that you weren't, you know, you you aren't really that thrilled with the costume on the TV show. But you know, it's it's kind of hard to get used to it from what you what you told me off air. But uh, but you you're warming up to it, aren't you, by reading this issue? Yeah, I'm definitely warming up to it. I think it's mostly because. Because one, I guess, in you know, in comic book world, everybody looks a more, I guess, I want to say, I guess, more ripped, I guess, than they're used to it. Because Grant Gustin's, he's not, he's not that bulky of a guy. But in the, you know, in the, in the comic book, he does look a little bulkier as the Flash. Plus, I guess it's because his Flash costume in that comic, it's more like the color of the red is more, I guess, stop sign red, like we're used to seeing in the Flash. Whereas in the show, his costume looks more like a burgundy red. So. Yeah, yeah. So like, just that simple color shade, you know, it's a lot better for the Flash costume for me personally. Okay, and once again, remember when we see, you know, when you've seen the the trailer of the pilot, you do, you know, you you do see the costume during the day, and you know, there's sunlight, beautiful sunlight yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in all Vancouver, so you know that helps. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, this is just, I mean, they're following a certain storyline where I guess like the the costume was never invented originally to be to be a superhero costume and has a whole other function behind it. So, you know, it's you can definitely accept the fact of how the costume looks on the show. This is just me personally as a Flash fan. I'm just hoping that as the show progresses, his, his costume makes slight alterations, like, you know, like lightening up the red a little bit to look more, to where it becomes more in tune with the, the classic Flash costume from the comics. That's just what I'm hoping. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, focusing on, the, you know, on the comic book side of the whole thing, I just I really genuinely enjoyed it. I felt uh, you know like like Andrew Kreiper said you know that they're gonna be able to bring in some characters and do some things in the comic that they can't really do on the show because you know you can't really have the Flash you know fl you know fly b through a bunch of walls in a building because you know hey that costs money you guys and so <laughs> it's like it's like, but like it's like that's what I learned about Smallville for example you know when they you know I remember with the digital comic they, that they they currently have at the beginning there was a lot of Noticing that oh they're throwing Superman you know through a bunch of building this time on Smallville on the TV show, you you would maybe get a wall a wall. Yes. 
<laughs> like, I'm not kidding, guys. Because the budget for Spawn was a bit restricted. So, that you know, that's what just that was just the way it worked. Uh, but, no, I loved it. I think the arc by, uh, what was it, Philip Heister? Oh, the, what, the artist? Yeah, I just want to make yeah, sure Philip pronounce... Hester. Uh, Phil Hester, okay, sorry. Phil Hester, I think he did a great job uh, with the art and so on. I, I feel the whole team did a good job with oh, yeah. the, the art side of it and so on. And uh, I'm wondering if any of these writers are going to actually be part of the TV show. Uh, it's not it's not uncommon for, you know, writers from the TV show to actually write, the, you know, a tie-in column book. Like, you know, for example, with Smallville, you have Brian Q. Miller, who's now been writing issues for, for the past two, three years uh, of Smallville. And... Um, I know that uh, one of the Arrow writers is going to join Andrew Kreisberg in writing Green Arrow, uh, the comic book, in a few months. Okay. Yeah, it, it sounds like a good idea. I wouldn't be surprised if they just continued like a Flash season zero or at least a Flash accompanying comic book to go, you know, to go with the TV show. And I wouldn't be surprised if like a lot of their stories are would be stories that might have been written for the show that they just decided against. And they said, okay, well, if we're not going to do it on the TV show. Let's put it in, in the comic. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Exactly. But overall, I is there anything else we can say? But I, 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 one thing we missed was that we, you know, we I forgot to tweet out to our listeners if what they thought about the issue. But, um, but you know, once we get, you know, you know, I, I, we're still working out how we're gonna do the reviews of the Flash comic book uh, every week. You know, for, you know, for the TV show. But you know, you, we are gonna review this. You know, I, me and whoever it will be, we will be reviewing the comic uh, every week it comes out, and um, whether it's on a mini episode or whatever, I never, I don't know. But uh, no, but we're all really happy about it, and uh, I can't wait to see more. Yeah, me too. Uh, and also at the end of the issue, we do get a little glimpse of Mister Bliss. Who? Okay, guys. Don't judge me too much, but honestly, I thought it was the Mad Hatter. Because I was like, why is he wearing a hat? And why does he look, like, all crazy and stuff like the Mad Hatter does? Like, he really had, like, even though we see him in the shadows and we don't really see, you know, his face. It was like, well, he's wearing a rose, he's wearing gloves, and, like... But then I realized, okay, it's Mr. Bless. You know, I'm an idiot. Um, so... Yeah, <laughs> um, hey, honestly, that's actually a very... Like, honestly, that's something that you could definitely interpret as the Mad Hatter, especially depending on where you've seen him. Because I've actually seen an episode of uh, of Batman, the animated series, where he took control of all the people of Haley Circus. So that, you know, yeah, I could definitely see how you would think that might have been the Mad Hatter. Plus, how many supervillains just wear that big old hat like that? Like, the Mad Hatter is the most well-known person other than, I guess, maybe the Shade like the the most classic one to really wear like a big old top hat like that. How many supervillains you see with a top hat? Uh huh. Exactly. And um, no, I I totally get what you get. I totally get what you mean. Uh, but you know, overall, like, is there anything else you want to say about the comic before we move on? Well, I definitely want to tell people to actually pick it up because one, it's a great connection to the actual show. It helps, I guess, build the connections between, I guess, the. I guess any time frame between episodes, and plus it's only a dollar. Come on, guys! It's I, only a dollar. I realize comic books; the prices have gone up significantly in the past 20, 30 years. But come on, it's a buck. Like you know, there's a lot of stuff. Not many things nowadays you can get for a dollar. But a full, actual full comic book, 
just it's, it's not even a full dollar. It's ninety nine cents. So there you go. Exactly. So you know, it it is it is fun. It's very fun, and I think it's gonna as we see more issues come out. Uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast because you know I think it's gonna get better and better and um, yeah I love I love the soft soft openings uh, soft openings so bring bring it on and you know we don't have any flash news this week uh, it's been um, you know because it's Wednesday you know something may break tomorrow on Thursday or Friday because you know hey that's just the way, the way it works whenever anyone wants to release an episode of the Flash podcast and uh, a news item breaks like a day or two before and so Andy doesn't get time to talk about it on the podcast until next <laughs> week uh, and Andy doesn't know why he's talking in third person okay ev- Whatever. Um, there was recently, <laughs> there was recently the Penny Festival for the Flash and Jane the Virgin, the the two of the new shows that are coming to the CW this year, and um, yeah, we I was watching that uh, that stream live. There was uh, Penny Fest are, are always kind enough to stream their panels um, uh, of uh, you know said show, and there was a lot of good things said about Flash and Jane the Virgin, but I was focusing mo- mostly on the Flash, of course, because you know. That's what I do. And they were talking, there was a lot of good stuff. They were talking about, you know, how the show was made, how it came all together. And, you know, they were talking about, you know, Iris West and Joe West uh, being African-American, you know, having this very diversity focus on their show and so on. And, like, it was really great to hear. I'm, I'm, I believe you didn't get to see it, uh, Justin, did you? No, I didn't. I actually didn't get to see it. I have no idea where I was when it premiered, but I I did find out that you know the star Grant Gustin couldn't be there because I think he had the cold or something. Yeah, oh sadly, Grant Gustin was sick that day. Uh, he got a little cold, and I think I think he said in his video because of health reason he didn't want to. I don't I don't think he wanted to infect anyone else, and also because he was going to have a very tough week ahead of himself after that week. Uh, for you know the next episode and so I think he needed to rest up and so you know I think that was the best decision because look you know he's gonna be working for years now on this show and yeah. you know um so you know just you know, give him a break and you know and I and I hopefully he's doing better now uh, so you know Grant buddy if you're listening um I hope you're feeling better and uh, I hope you're still running funny <laughs> uh, Funny, um, we we kept laughing so much about that on the latest on the last episode, um, <laughs> but uh, but you know let's get let's talk about what we came for, what let's talk about what we came for. So Justin, you're here for another character spotlight, and yep. it's actually the last character spotlight regarding Flash characters that we're gonna do in a while, unless something changes in the next few weeks because you know hey. I'm still working on putting out content for you guys until October 7th, so you may hear another Kato Spotlight of the Flash mythos or whatever. Uh, we're going to do some Kato Spotlights that are not really connected to the Flash, but that you may see, that you will see on the Flash TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, today we're going to talk about, you know, you know, but but today we're still talking about a Flash character, a very significant Flash character. He is one of the rogues, uh, rogues and uh, he is a bit of a hothead. Um... <laughs> pun and yes. uh, Second he, pun. <laughs> yeah and he is heatwave so justin let's talk about heatwave who the f is heatwave <laughs> all right well like you said he's uh, a member of the rogues he's actually a member of i guess you could say the classic i guess the classic lineup of the rogues you know with uh, he, uh weather wizard captain cold pied piper captain boomerang those kind of guys uh his real name is mick rory first and foremost and uh, his story is actually 
it's a very interesting story, especially as far as most of the rogues go. Uh, let's see. How are we going to start? First, we'll start at the very beginning. First of all, he was uh, to get his, uh, I guess, a basic origin story of him. I will, I would tell people to read uh, the Flash Volume Two, Number Two Eighteen, if I'm not mistaken. That just gives a basic summary of his uh, his life. Uh, Mick Rory, he actually grew up on a farm outside of Central City. Uh, you know, he had a pretty normal family. You know, he had brothers and sisters. You know, a grandmother that he loved. You know, he had a pretty normal life, except for the fact that he had this weird fascination with fire. Like, he couldn't explain it, but ever since he was a kid, he loved fire. He loved to play with it. He would actually put his hand over the flame, like I'm sure a lot of us have done as kids, except he didn't pull away. He he enjoyed the flame and the heat, and, and his parents was kind of worried about him, but he didn't care. He just loved fire for some reason. He loved it so much. That one night, he snuck out of his bedroom, and he set his family's house on fire. And he just walked outside. Damn. And he at, yeah, he looked at the fire. He was so obsessed with it that he just watched the flames burn his house down and kill his family instead of running to get help. He just sat there and looked at it. Like, he looked at it like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like like, like, like a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Like he pretty much he looked at fire. Like, like the way the comic showed it, he looked at fire almost as if, like, I guess a 12-year-old looks at his first porno. He was just like, oh, oh, oh my so God. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's such an extreme example. No, it's, it's, just, the way, it's just the way his face – it's the way they drew it that it just looked – it just looked like that to me. Like, the like the look in his eye. Like, when you're a kid well, – well, okay, I don't know if kids do this now, but I know – in my generation, like when you were a kid and you watched uh, maybe HBO or Cinemax late at night, and you were just like, "Oh, this is so beautiful!" Like, I can't believe this is around. That's just the way they drew, like Mick to look as a kid when he when he saw his entire house burned down. It was so weird. But uh, <laughs> but after that event, he went to live with his uncle, and just his his love of fire just grew. It just continued to grow. It grew so much that. When he was in school, he actually wore winter clothes all year. Like, he wore parkas and gloves and everything, you know. And even though kids made fun of him, but he didn't care because to him, like, just being hot and just being hot and sweating, to him it was the closest he could get to just being around fire all day but just being hot. He hates being cold. Like, like that was his whole thing. As a matter of fact, some of the kids made fun of him, and they got so bad to where – they threw him in a meat locker and locked him in there for hours as a way, I guess, to prank him or make fun of him. And he hated it so much that eventually he got out. He eventually got out and he took those uh, those same kids and he locked them in a house and burned them down <laughs> in a similar, the same way that he did with his family. So, like, like yeah, so, like, never put him in a meat locker ever again. Okay. But, Noted. Yeah. That was, that was very weird, but... Eventually, uh, after that whole incident, he he left home because he didn't want to, I guess, endanger his uncle the same way he did with his family. So he left. He hitchhiked for a while, but eventually he uh, came across a traveling circus and he just joined up with them. You know, he took odd jobs working for them. And eventually he became a fire eater with that circus. And, you know, for a little while he was happy. You know, he was he had his fire urges under control, you know, because he got to play with fire all day as a job. He had friends. He had a whole other family. You know, his life was good. But then 
had one random day he was cooking in his uh, trailer, and then it did the his fire obsession sparked again, and he set the entire circus on fire and everybody everybody oh, in it. Oh dear lord! Now let me ask you this before we move on: like, did he have like? Was he? What, did, did he have a few screws loose or something, uh, or like when he when he burned his fam- his family's house down, was it because he hated him or was he just so upset with fire that he just he doesn't he just didn't care about who was in the house. He just wanted to set something on fire. No, he just wanted to set something on fire. And okay, so he he had nothing against his parents or anything like that. Oh no, no. In in the comic, he states how much he loved he loved his family and he loved his life and everything. Matter of fact, he even made a. Matter of fact, he, he, uh, they said that he had a, a great love of lemonade because his grandmother would make it. Like the way he would make, she would make it with uh, mint leaves and ginger. He loves his family, but he just loved fire more. Okay. And yeah, it, yeah, so he wasn't evil. He wasn't an evil person. He just, he just had this obsession with fire. <laughs> Okay, would you say that he, I guess, let's, let's just be clear, he's not a stable person mentally then. Oh no, no no like as far as that he's not he's he's pretty much stable except he just has this obsession with fire and he's even admitted he's admitted that he has a problem and he's very he's aware of it like like that's one of the reasons I guess one of the reasons why I guess like he left his uncle behind because after he set those other kids on fire he didn't want to end up burning his uncle the same way so that's why he left his fa- his uncle in the first place Okay but, cool Yeah but his uh his whole obsession with fire like by that point it just got crazy out of control, and he even said he realized it was out of control because unlike the first time when he set his his parents' home on fire, when he set the circus on fire, he actually took pictures of the fire. He took pictures for him to look at later and admire, but he didn't admire like once he got the pictures, he tore them up. He was completely disgusted with himself, and he he said he needed a way. He needed a way to be able to use fire without necessarily, you know, losing control. And it was at that time that he saw a new, some news footage of Captain Cold fighting the Flash in Central City. And that's when he got the idea, like, you know what? I need to become a supervillain who likes fire. And that's pretty <laughs> much what he did. And, yeah. um, and now let's talk about his, his interaction with the Flash. Now, how did he become a villain of the Flash? Well, when when like you said, when he saw the news footage of you know Captain Cold and you know fighting the Flash, he just got inspired and he like he he decided, okay, I'm obsessed with fire. I get it. So I need to find a way. I need to find some kind of some kind of outlet to use fire. So instead of his uh, pyromania becoming an illness, he decided to just let it become a gimmick as him being a supervillain. So like yeah, so he uses his. His uh, activities as a member of the Rogues as sort of like his outlet, so he doesn't lose control of his pyromania. So, so eventually, like you said, when he saw news footage of the Rogues, he built his suit, he built a gun, you know, I guess to uh, to use it. And before you know it, he showed up in Central City as Heatwave, <laughs> and that's how oh. that's how he became a classic member of the Rogues. As a matter of fact, he uh, he became a member of the Rogues because he. He showed up at this robbery where Captain Cold was and attacked the Flash and helped him out. So because of that, Cold was like, oh, okay, I like your style. You know, why don't you come hang out with me and my group? And before you know it, he was a member of the Rogues. And um, now can you talk about some significant comic arcs where he's been in that you 
really recognize him from that you really liked him in? Well, let's see, let's see. Specifically, uh, I do like him during a specific uh, run of the Flash called the Rogue War, where it's uh, some of the former rogues have, I guess, reformed and become either heroes or they become government employees, which is really weird. I, I don't know what DC's government obsession is with super villains. <laughs> <laughs> I They're know. giving them a paycheck. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, they... Maybe they just want to see the best of everyone. I get, uh, well, yeah, either that or, you know, like, it's, well, it's, it's like a whole, I got the more open version of the Suicide Squad, you know, just use supervillains to do your dirty work, and if they die, well, they're supervillains, so whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I get what you mean. Uh, but what was, the, what was the name of this arc? Uh, it was called the Ro- Rogue War, where it's uh, some Rogue of the former, War. some of the former villains work for the government and who are pretty much under the, I don't want to say control, but leadership of the former trickster, James Jesty. Uh, they, they decided to get rid of all the rogues that were on in Central City. So they took some of the old rogues and they went up against the new rogues and just had this big old brawl. And uh, let's see, besides Rogue War, he was also in, he was also a part of the story arc where Bart Allen, Barry Allen's grandson, became the Flash temporarily. And they all, with the help of uh, another speedster, speedster named Inertia, they eventually uh, jumped Bart Allen and killed him. That was another big story he was in. And um, other than that, there's not a lot of major arcs that he was in, like that specifically focused on him. But pretty much any major event that happened that involved the rogues, he was a member of. Also, he was also a part of the uh, Secrets of... What the yeah, damn word? Secret Society of Supervillains. That's a tongue twister. Damn word. <laughs> I just like the term. The term. Um, I know he has been in Flashpoint. Uh, I remember that he was trying to kill one part of the Firestorm because he wanted to take yeah, his place in the whole matrix of the Firestorm. Which, by the way, we have done an episode about Firestorm. So if you guys go back and listen to that, it's an amazing episode by me and, Fi- and Shag Matthews from FirestormBand.com. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, and uh, he, you know, he tries to kill him, but he's defeated by Cyborg. And I don't remember much from him after that. Um, I just remember we see him a bit early in the, in the arc, and then that's about it. Well, 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 it's funny that you mentioned Firestorm because I do remember. I can't remember the actual issue, but I remember he got in a fight with uh, Firehawk, which is another member of the Firestorm team. And I don't know he had he was he was uh, I don't want to say obsessed, but. He was just in awe of Firehawk, you know, because she has the whole fire hair thing, just like Firestorm has. And he like, like he looked at her like, oh, you are so beautiful. Like he 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 stopped fighting her just because he was he was just admiring the fire on her head. <laughs> that was just kind of weird. Uh, where else have you seen Heatwave? I mean, I've seen him in pretty much any type of major thing that would involve the Flash. I've seen him in uh, episodes on Justice League Unlimited where he was part of. You know, Gorilla Grodd's Secret Society. He was in Batman, Brave and the Bold. You know, any issues, not issues, but episodes that focus on the Flash. Uh, he's also one of the many bosses in DC Universe Online. Oh, yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, and he was also featured in uh, Justice League Flashpoint. He was one of the, you know, the main rogues that attacked the Flash Museum. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he spoke, though. I think he it was a non-speaking role. 
I remember, no. well, even if he did say something, it wasn't re- very memorable then. Um, no, but, uh, no, but I, oh my god, I love the opening scene of Life with Paradox where he's fighting against all the rogues. And then Professor Zoom yep. uh, is like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, now let's talk about, about uh, oh, there, here's another good um, arc. Uh, in, and I brought up this book a lot of times during the Flash podcast. The Flash, the Dash, the Flash, the Dastardly Death of the Rogues, which was written oh, by Jeff yeah. Johns and Francis Mandelpaul, where we see a futuristic version of Heatway called, don't laugh, Heatstroke. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I actually start. <laughs> I, sorry. I, I told myself not to laugh, but it's a funny name. I'm sorry. Heatstroke. Think about it. I mean, it can't be any worse. It's no worse than Heat Wave. Well, Heat Wave is cool because he's like it's a it's a wave of heat, and uh, he's a, <laughs> it's a hero. It was, okay, thank you. Uh, it's a it's a heroic version of Heat Wave, who is part of the Renegades, who is from Professor Zoom's future in the twenty fifth century, and um, and yeah, he doesn't have you know he doesn't get a lot of lines from what I remember, but uh, but he was there and that was fun, and. Um, and where else have I seen him? Well, we've seen him in the New 52, and I guess we that's a good place to go. Um, you know, as you can notice, Heatway, I don't think Heatway is as big in terms of when it comes to his comic book history, like Captain Cold or Mirror Master or whatever. Um, uh, before we go to the New 52, is there any other comic art, any comic book event of him that you want to bring up before we move on? Uh, none that I can remember. Like you said, he's one of those members of the Rogues where he's a member of the Rogues, but he's not like the most popular. He's just one of those characters that's just that's just a part of the group. You know, he's he's just there for yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's sort of there just to have that extra kind of extra kind of uh, enemy, different type of enemy to go up against the flag. But he's never been he's never been like too too memorable. Okay. Cool, and um, well, let's talk about the New Fifty Two then. Uh, I, he's he hasn't been in a lot in it a lot, but in the New Fifty Two, I don't know. Maybe we can discuss that in the pre Fifty Two era of the DC universe. Was Heatway um, a hothead, basically like a very aggressive character? Um, not not necessarily. For the most part, he's actually a calm character. The only time that he really gets really angry or anything is usually depending on who he's around. One person in particular that he gets, uh, he becomes a hothead is when he's around Captain Cold, ironically. Okay. You know, like, both him and Captain Cold have this kind of, I want to say rival kind of relationship. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, Mick doesn't necessarily like being cold. So, of course, you have a person that has a, a cold gun or a freeze gun, depending on who you're asking. You know, they kind of have this kind of like, I don't want to say hatred, but they definitely have like sort of a a lot of head bowing on, you know, when they went the rogues. Because uh, he wave actually stated out loud that he got along with pretty much all of the rogues except for Captain Cold. Whether it was because uh, Captain Cold would take, he would often take uh, a little percentage off of his cut of money because Captain Cold brought him in to the rogues. But it, it also could be because Mick could actually pick up women. Whereas Captain Cold pretty much paid for prostitutes all the time. So because of that, he wave would make fun of him. And, you know, it was like it was always something with those two. It was OK. They'd be friends for a while. But then, you know, some tension would flare up. Somebody would say the wrong thing and they would get in a fight. Like, that, like him and Captain Cold always have this 
kind of like adversal relationship. And it got even worse after the new 52. Okay. Uh, well, let's move to the new 52 then. Mm-hmm. Um, right in the new 52, he can now should fire from his chest. Yeah, uh, yes. A very yes, yes. significant change from the previous version. And, and like you said, you know, like in the previous in the previous era, he has a lot of issues with Captain Cold. Uh, I, I remember that, that there's a panel in, I think, in Volume 1 or Volume 2 of The Flash, New 52, where he, you know, there, uh, Barry is working at a new bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, Captain Cold is sitting there having a drink. And then out of sudden, out of, out of thin air, Captain, you know, Hedwig just shows up. And he's yep. super pissed, and I don't know. Maybe it's because oh, your eyes and I'm fine. We need to hate each other. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe you know. You know, it's that it has. It's a balance of the universe: fire versus ice, and or water. And um, no, I'm just saying. But it's like you know, it's kind of funny because you, you're seeing like I'm not calling. I'm not calling him idiot, but it's kind of funny to see the, these two very aggressive gentlemen. Yell, yell, at each, yell at each other and so on, and just fight it out and so on, and um, and you know, and like we've seen him work, you know. Then we, you know, he's we see him actually join the Rogues at during Rogues Revolution. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the name of the second volume. Uh, I mix up the the names because they, huh, um, there's just so many names I have to remember. Um, Rogues Revolution. That's the the that's the name of volume two, and Heatway is part of it. Yeah. And and I feel like. Visually, Heatway looks a lot cooler in the new 52. The thing was, I never got to get familiar with the pre-52 version of Heatway, so I can't really say anything about it. And once again, guys, I'm learning more about the Flash as you you guys are throughout these episodes. You know, I was never I was never Flash Flash expert before the podcast. Uh, that's why I brought all I brought on all these guests up to help me understand more about the Flash and and his villains and so on. Uh, but yeah, I'm familiar with. The new two version of Heatway, and I kind of like that version because you know, they have powers, mm-hmm. and you know, I, all most of the rogues have powers and so on, enough, all of them, whatever, and uh, and <laughs> um, so I, I really prefer that, and I I just like think visually it looks cool to see him have this 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 you know round thing on his chest that shoots fire basically, yeah, uh, and he's very damaged, he's much of a he's very much of a hothead, and. Um, oh. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like the, what happened to him actually just made him more of a hothead, and that's also another reason why he really hates uh, C- Captain Cold because you know Captain Cold was the one that convinced him and all the rest of the rogues to use their weapons and combine them to give them superpowers. And you know he waves a lot like I guess Mirror Master the way he sort of got the raw end of the deal because he his skin his flesh is actually burnt, like he actually has burnt skin you know, and everything, and he has a hard time controlling his heat, you know, whereas when he was heat wave, he just had a gun, and he could, like, put things on fire whenever he wanted to, so, yeah, so he's really mad at Captain Cold, because the worst Captain Cold got was just, every now and then, he can make make stuff turn into ice accidentally, whereas heat wave, I think he's in, one, he's in constant pain, and two, he's like, you know, the guy's burnt to a crisp, I mean, I mean, if somebody lit you on fire, and you're, you know, you're pretty much all your skin's damaged. Wouldn't you hate them too? Yeah, I would. I would be pretty angry, actually. Pretty much yeah. be like, "What the f, dude?" Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm too hot now. <laughs> I guess you know, just put. Uh, 
<laughs> no, I will be pretty furious. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's talk about a little bit uh, about Heatwave in the media. We've like you said, we've seen it in Just League Unlimited, and uh, I remember there's a particular episode where, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, it's a Banshee character. She's she can scream pretty loudly. It's not oh, Black Canary. Oh, oh Silver, Silver Banshee. Banshee. Yeah. Um, I remember I remember scene of that and um, and, oh, yeah, and um, uh, and there was another episode in Justice League Unlimited where uh, he was part of a small he was you know it was the secret society and they was trying to steal this old Viking ship and uh, yeah Wonder Woman showed up to stop them it was it was him uh, Giganta and I want to say well it was he was called Devil Ray in the Justice League show but it, it was Black Manta I guess they couldn't use the name black for anything because I guess what? people would be sensitive about that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't know. They call them black, man, don't young justice. I don't understand why uh, they yeah. call it on Justice League Unlimited, but... Um, uh, you know what it probably was? It was probably some kind of legal thing. I guess like the creators of of Black Manta was like, no, you can't use our character. So they said heck it and pretty much made a copy of Black Manta and called him Devil Ray. Okay, and um, yeah, that's what we've seen. We've seen him, and um, I I also looked this uh, this trivia up on Wikipedia because I always want to make sure that you know where he's from, and then I also, and then I usually go back and rewatch the episodes or whatever if I have time. But he was originally supposed to be a villain in um, the Superman cartoon in the yeah. first um, season uh, in a uh, in a group called the League of Evil, but um, they changed it to Legion of Doom, and most of the me- the plan members that were gonna sh- that were supposed to show up did not appear. So yeah. there you go. And then Except like Captain Cold, Captain Cold always well there for he's well he's Captain Cold yeah <laughs> with his parka, and uh, and we see him in Flash for Paradox and you know non speaking role basically, and uh, then we see him these years online, which I actually did play. I remember him pretty well. Yep. Uh, as uh, he's like an arms dealer in the Hall of Doom, which is kind of fun, but um, <laughs> so but that's basically our focus on Heatwave in the comic and so. If you have any questions about him, like you know, send an quite an email to the Flash Pocket the Gmail comment. We will get back to you on that. Like like we said, there's not much you can say about Heatwave because from what I've read of him, he seems to be like the muscle guy of the Rogues. Really? But that's what that's just that's just how I feel. Well, 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 he definitely had that. He definitely has a much more, well, I want to say, a bigger look than most of the roles because most of them are just normal-looking guys. Some of them a little, a little skinnier. But yeah, he definitely has. He definitely looks a lot bigger than most of the rogues. You know, yeah. So I guess he can kind of look like, uh, look like the muscle. I mean, especially for the upcoming Flash show when he's being played by Dominic Purcell. So yeah, and we're gonna. Oh, sorry, <laughs> every time I just get reminded when that. Every time I get reminded that Michael Scofield's brother from Prison Break is going to be Heatwave on the Flash, I get giddy about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get giddy about it. So I'm not crying. I just get giddy about it. But anyway, um, so it was announced, funny enough, like like 10 minutes before we were supposed to record the episode of Mirror Master, they in Hollywood Reporter um, announced that there's going to be a Prison Break re- reunion on The Flash. They've, and Dominic Purcell has been cast in the role of McRory and uh, AK Heatwave. And it was actually, according to Andrew Kreisberg, 
in an interview with, I think it was with Give My Remote, mm -hmm. it was actually Wentworth Miller's idea to bring Heatwave on, uh, to bring uh, Dominic Purcell on the show, because, let me pull up the quote. Um, here's what Andrew Kreisberg said. It was crazy. It was actually Wentworth's idea. There reference to Heatwave in that first episode, and Wentworth said, you know, if you're looking for a Heatwave, I would love to work with Dominic again. And... Um, Nice. And I, and before I I continue with that quote because they do um how report does mention it and they describe Purcell's version of the character as McRory a pyromaniac who finds an outlet for his obsession with fire when when he teams up with Lennon Snard slash Captain Cole and become the becomes the villain known as Heatwave and he is going to be appearing in episode ten. Of mm -hmm. the Flash, and they, as, as well as Wentworth, uh, so that's when they're gonna team up, and um, and something that I want to point out, which is kind of a funny trivia, this the tenth episode of Arrow season one also introduced a fire villain, which was Firefly, uh, yep. Batman's Firefly, uh, so it's kind of funny that they're doing you know the same thing with that because the tenth episode will ninety nine percent most likely be. The mid-season premiere in January of 2015, when, you know, because after nine episodes they will go on a break and then they will come back, just like television works. And um, and and what like Andrew Kuyper says continuously in uh, in this interview, he said, "Right now it's only for one episode, but we, but we are hopeful. The rogues are such a huge part of the Flash mythology, and I feel like anything they're gonna they're going to want to see. Um, and I think." And and I think like anything, they're going they're going to want to see how their characters progress and change and grow. So, mm -hmm. and that's what he's that's what he said in this interview. And you know, look, guys, even though these report you know these reports are saying you know one episode, one episode, it's the effing rose. You're gonna see them so much throughout this season sure. and the series. Like you may see them. I think. And let's talk about the, our idea. What well, you know, how we think. You know, where 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 they're gonna go with Dominic's character uh, in this uh, in this version of uh, of Heatwave. Well, the, you know, they've given us a pretty good idea. You know, he has an obsession with fire, and he's gonna get you know a platform basically when he works with Captain Cold. So, what what do you think? Let's speculate a little bit. Little bit. Well, well, the fact that they described him like that means that they're pretty much taking it almost exactly. Uh, like Heatwave was in the comics. He got inspired by Captain Cold to become Heatwave. And the simple fact that they're going to be featured in the same episode means that they're definitely going to try to play upon their uh, their relationship with each other. And it's especially funny that they got both characters from Prison Break who, were, who played brothers. So the chemistry between them should be very interesting. You know, since uh, I've actually seen a couple of episodes of Prison Break, and they have great chemistry, except oh, now they're going to have that same chemistry, but with superpowers. So it should be really fun. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Although we don't know who's going to be superpowers yet, though, because... Um, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. This is what I'm hoping. I'm still hoping that the rogues start out with their weapons before they get superpowers, like in the new 52. This is what I'm hoping. And I'm guessing, okay, the first season of The Flash is going to be 13 episodes. So no, it's, it's going to oh, look. If The Flash doesn't get a full season, that's going to be the yeah, greatest thing ever. Although, you know what? I would be happy to if we get. Here's what I would accept. Here's what I would be tolerant to. We get 13 episodes, and then we get an early season to renewal, because then they can save some money for the second season. 
you know, for, you know, make it make it like a big premiere because once again, guys, let's remember that this is going to be a very expensive show for the CW. And look, I believe that they could do it, you know, with 22, 23 episodes. But I'm just saying that if if this would happen, and I don't think it's going to happen, that we will just get 13 episodes and then they will renew the the show for a second season early. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they will get a full pickup of the back nine. And then they will get a season two in April or May, uh, or even Mars. So, um, but um, but you know, and like you know, like I said, you know, they pretty much said how it's going to be on the TV show. You know, I'm I'm wondering though if you know because I don't think he's going to start out with powers. I, I hope not. I hope characters like him and Captain Cold have their have their weapons beforehand. That's what I'm really hoping for, and. Okay, since he said he's not going to show up until the tenth episode of the first season, so but you but you will stuff. you will hear you will hear about him in the um, in the episode that Wonder is going to first show up in. Yeah, so like like as soon as we get to the end of the season, they'll have the big bad of the season, who we're, we're pretty sure we know who it's going to be. But <coughs> first flash. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's what they, well that's what they basically said. Uh, in yeah. like, well, they won't say it specifically, but they've kind of hinted that, oh, it is like Reverse Flash, or you know, I I would kind of like to see Reverse Flash be kind of like a big mystery of the whole show. Like we will see him, but we you know maybe one see that he won't be the big bad, but you know, but you know he's lurking around somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but if he is turned out to be the big bad of the season, I want the big you know speed fight across the world to happen, and oh, then. Ooh, yeah. <sighs> And then before the episode is over, all the rogues that we saw uh, during the first season, they come together and it's like, okay, the Flash is a lot tougher than we thought, so we should all partner up and just end the season like that to where we know, okay, next season we're going to have all the rogues together as a team instead of just getting one or two per episode, you know? Yeah, and I think that we're going to see... Each rogue we will see in this first season, I will, I think we will see them at least in five episodes each, spread mm-hmm. over the season. Because you know, there's so much they have to establish in this first year that you know you don't want to play it out too early with some of these villains. So look, I'm you're gonna see these villains, you know, season two, season three, season four, and so on. Like none of these characters are gonna die early. If uh. you know, I don't think they're ever gonna die because you know they are the freaking rogues. So. But um, no, but I think it's gonna. It's pretty much gonna be. I think it's gonna be some hostility between Captain Cold and Heatwave, you know, because you know, look, they're not gonna get along at you know right away at first. I think that, I think there's probably gonna be some hints to that, you know, they they kind of didn't get along at the beginning, but you know when you know, like I said, I want to see a lot of flashbacks in this show, uh, for both of them, and um, you know, I think. Like I said, it sounds like they're going to stick pretty much closer to the comic version. You know, it would be nice to hear him talk about... Like, I would love to see a live-action version of Heatwave talk about the time when he burned down his burned down his family's house. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, it, you know, yeah, it, it's not awesome that he did it because of those people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but it, like, it would be visually and... It would be visually and orally cool to hear him talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, like, what are what 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 are your other expectations for, for Heatwave on uh, the Flash? Well, I mean, as a as a comic book reader, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see on how his look will go. Cause you gotta remember, in his classic comic book look, he had this 
all white suit with some orange guns. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think they would probably go that route. They're probably gonna give them a more, I want to say, more functional costume because you know that seems to be the thing now to where like like nobody seems to have colorful costumes anymore. There's always some kind of always some kind of function. So I'm very interested to see how the CW are gonna portray him. Or mm-hmm. if he even wears a costume at all, you know, depending upon whether he has, whether they're going to go for the classic heat wave or the new 52 heat wave. It all depends. We got to figure it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would not be surprised if we do see a costume of some for some sort of in some way or fashion. And uh, mm-hmm. like, look, I think the, all of them will wear a costume, but it's going to be a little bit toned down. Yeah. But, but it's still going to look and feel like, you know, mm-hmm. The Flash from the comic books. Oh yeah, no. To be honest, to be honest, he. If you really think about it, Heat Wave's classic costume. It kind of resembles Flash's costume right now in the TV show, except that it's just white. If you really kind of think about that. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And um, what else? I think, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm, unless you want to say anything else uh, about Heat Wave, you know. Um, you know. Um, the only thing I could think of is the that, like I said, unlike most of the rogues, Heat Wave actually has some kind of, I don't want to say mental disorder, but some kind of problem, and he's actually aware of it. As a matter of fact, he's even admitted that almost half the money that he spent, or that he's stolen, I'm sorry, as a member of the rogues, he spent half of that money on therapy bills. You know, trying to figure out some kind of solution to, I guess, to get over his obsession with fire. So, yeah, that's a very interesting thing to where he's one of the rogues that actually has some kind of problem. All the uh, all the rest of the rogues are usually people that just want to steal and party, you know, <laughs> and just live up the life. But, like, Heatwave actually uses his uh, obsession with fire and his membership as the rogues as a way to sort of control his obsession with fire. Everybody else is like... Oh, I got superpowers, so yeah, I'm just gonna steal and just gonna steal and just buy stuff. Yeah, like like can't you do something original? Like be a hero? Yeah, you no, know, well not these guys. They're like, nah, screw that. Life sucks. I have some kind of power, so I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal and make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's gonna be uh, I think that's gonna be a good wrap up point. Uh, I think um I think with the you know it's a it's a good way to end the Flash character spotlights focus. You know, we're going to do, like I said, a few more, maybe one or two more before the season is over. Uh, it's been a long season, guys. I, I can't believe I've been doing this since, you know, from February and forward. And um, it's been a great ride. You know, we're still, we, we're, the, the fun, you know, we're not even halfway through. Um, oh, wait, we are, we are pretty much halfway through, but the, the, the bigger fun is about to begin in October. Uh, all of this has been a lot of fun too, but um, but Justin, I believe that this will be also your last episode for the season. Uh, I'm I'm sure you'll be. I will bring you on at some point in the future for season one and talk about an episode about the Flash. Uh, I hope you will be one of our regular tweeters uh, who will send in you know their thoughts about. Um, each episode of the Flash, or even even send us an email because we will be doing that too. We will be taking feedback from you guys about each episode through Twitter and emails and maybe even Facebook. And I, so I hope you will be one of them at least. Oh, oh yeah. If you want me back to speak on an episode, man, just call me up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Justin, thank you so much. Thank you for all the help this season. Uh, nope. I want to know, I want I want you to tell our listeners where you can, where they can find your work on the internet. 
Okay, you can definitely find my work on UnleashTheFanboy.com. Uh, it's not just me, but just a whole group of just talented writers. We uh, cover oh, yeah. everything from comic books, movies, television shows, and we cover we we cover as many different type of comic book companies as we can. We're not we're not prone to Marvel or just DC. We try to cover everybody. So yeah, if uh, that's a good place to find us, and you can also find me on Twitter at Static Shocks four eight zero. That's Shocks S H O X on Twitter. Nice, and uh, and you guys, you know where you can find us on uh, on the internet. You can find us first of all on Twitter. At the Flash Podcast, simple as that. Facebook.com/slash/theflashpodcast. Make sure to join our Facebook group. Just request for membership, and you will get approved right away. Everyone gets to come in and talk about the Flash and DC stuff and so on. You can find us on the Flash Fan Circle page on Google Plus, which is run by my good friend Hank, who writes for TFanatic.com. So make sure to check out his work there. And uh, but you know where you can find the podcast at? You can find the podcast at theflashpodcast.com. We recently had Adam Holmes, a member of the Flash Podcast team, writing an editorial about five lesser-known superheroes that should appear on the Flash. So make sure to read that piece and leave some comments. What do you think about his piece? Do you agree with him? What heroes would you like to see on the Flash show, whether they're lesser-known or more known or whatever? And uh, and that's also where you can get all the latest episodes of the Flash Podcast you know, and um, you can also subscribe to us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes, and that guys, that is where you can, so that's where you can really help us too. Aside from help, you know, visiting the web website and so on, uh, you can rate. Uh, I- I'm asking you for a favor and just to rate, review, and subscribe to us. Let us know what you think about the podcast. What have been some of your favorite moments from season zero, and you know, what do you think we can improve about the show, and so on. And you know, I I, I love reading feedback, and um, it also helps the podcast get more noticeable in the iTunes store. The, the more reviews and more ratings it gets, it gets higher up in the iTunes store, so more more people can discover. The podcast because you know, some people don't use Facebook or Twitter uh, or Google Plus, so you know one one of their ways to discover a podcast is specifically for iTunes. So if you could do me that favor, that would be fantastic. And um, you can email us at theflashpodcast@gmail.com. Any questions you have about the podcast, and that's also going to be our email for feedback about each episode of the of the Flash. Um, if you have longer thoughts and so on, you don't want to write like five, ten tweets about ep- you know because. Twitter only has 140 characters, so that's how it works. That's just how it works. And, um, yeah, you know, it's it's been a blast doing, you know, the, um, the character spotlights for The Flash. And, you know, it's I've enjoyed bringing on so many of these amazing guests from all these different websites and podcasts and so on. And uh, I hope you guys have learned just as much as I have learned about each character of the Flash, you know, like Captain Cole, Mirror Master, all the Rose, and Iris West, and Wally West, Bart Allen, Jay Garrick, and so on. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, like I said, you know, I was not a Flash expert when I started doing this podcast. Uh, you know, I started gearing up for The Flash, just like you guys. I went out and bought comic books, movies, and DVDs, and, you know, started reading them and collecting them and so on, just to, and now, you know, now I'm a huge Flash fan, and Flash fan, and now, you know, now I know a lot more about the Flash than I did eight months ago. So 
Um, I know some people have commented on that I don't really bring and that I don't really say much on these some of these episodes, but that's because I'm like you guys. I some I'm like some of you guys. I don't know some of these characters at all. I know them very little, but that's why I bring the I I, I brought these guests on to help us enhance our knowledge about these characters. And um, does that sound good, Justin? That sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. So. With that, we're going to wrap it up. So, guys, thank you so much. And until next time, I'm Anna Byte, and I will see you on the Flash Podcast.